Everybody, welcome to the Mutant Ages. Maddie and I are hanging out today. Oh my Hello. god. Hello, I'm Maddie. Wait, is that I hope that's the intro. Hello, everyone. This Hello. is the Mutant Ages. Welcome to another episode of the Mutant Ages. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Coming to you live from Ryan and Maddie hanging out virtually. This episode is called Dazzled. It is. And it's an X the animated series episode because that's what we do on this show. We rewatch every adaptation of the X-Men, baby. That's right. Back when we were young, we experienced This episode is out of sequence, just as one of our fans wrote in to tell us about. And that means that Jean is suddenly alive in it, even though she wasn't before, previously on the X-Men. You know, interestingly enough, though, I watched this episode and it does explain how she came back. Which well, is... it takes like 20 minutes to right, do but, it, but... I mean, it wasn't intentional because they had planned to release this before... Mm-hmm. I mean, later than the episode where she came back, but it does a recap, so it kind of works. Yeah, they actually explain this in that book I'm reading, the, the X-Men TAS tell-all book. Uh, apparently, they commissioned different studios to animate different episodes, which explains oh, really? why we run into this issue that we see on this show, where sometimes the animation's good, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it seems like it's ma- it's matching what's going on, other times it seems like they're having to add in some ADR and stuff to fix what's happening in post. Um, right. Because different studios animate different episodes i guess that's interesting i didn't know or, or that. different like subsections of a certain studio did sometimes and they kept switching around who they were commissioning to animate it because they'd run into problems and so that for makes these sense. episodes they had somebody animate it and it didn't come out right and they just weren't able to fix the episodes in time I think because of a contract dispute, actually, if I remember correctly, where they were refusing to reanimate it because they were like, the episodes look fine. We think they look fine. And the studio that they'd contracted was like refusing to redo it because they'd already gotten their money, essentially. And so they had to like get more money from the studio to reanimate those two episodes and then release them later, which took obviously longer. And that's because the people who made this show had incredibly high standards for the show understandably where they were like we don't want to put something out if it is badly animated or doesn't fit what we want and those two episodes just didn't make the cut so they decided to air this next section even though it didn't make sense because they wanted to do that instead of putting out two episodes that looked bad so that's cool we should know i mean we both know animators and we know that a lot of them kind of get uh unofficially commissioned to Mm -hmm. just quickly just do some additional animations because they need the extra manpower yeah so i mean i don't blame the animators for this it sounded more like 
the contract stuff was an issue with the higher ups where yeah. the animators probably didn't have enough time to even do the work. I mean, I don't know the full story there. And even this Who is knows? just me vaguely remembering a chapter that I read a few days ago. So hopefully I've got it right. But now that you've read a book, it was something along you better those reta- lines. <laughs> that is like, I read a book and hopefully I retained information I from it. I don't know. I think I'm right. I think I'm remembering that right. Um, if that's if that wasn't the situation with these episodes, then that has been the situation with some other episodes on the show. It was a common problem they had anyway anyway so why don't we explain uh what is happening because this is a good previously on the x-men which actually doesn't have anything to do with the last three episodes that we saw because no. those were kind of filler this is another phoenix saga titled episode right so we're back to jean gray and the phoenix and uh, you no know, not a lot of shiar shit happening a little um, bit. There's some flashbacks to the Shi'ar, but they they aren't super important as opposed to just No, we don't have context. to deal with fucking Deken anymore or Gladiator or Lalandra being kidnapped 18 times and being thrown into walls by Juggernaut. We don't have to deal with any of that fucking bullshit. Yeah, so. but that stuff did happen. So all the, the viewer slash listener needs to know really is that Jean and the rest of the X-Men ended up in outer space because of some alien warfare stuff that only very distantly had anything to do with them in the sense that they're universe was going to be not that charles xavier told them anything about it he didn't but also he arguably couldn't because he had a weird mind link with one of the lady aliens and And made him go evil quote unquote romance Uh, whatever i fucking whatever goodbye xavier but he matters we can't say goodbye he's finally back in this stupid episode i mean barely he honestly doesn't hear that much he just kind of comes in he says shit that we already know he's like just so you know gene needs your help because she's in pain and we're like okay thanks Xavier bye he's like maybe you should all help her it's like maybe you should leave yeah I mean basically <laughs> Xavier doesn't know what he's doing but neither does anyone None of this, so nobody does I, I mean I'm giving of, him a I'm hard time mad. but I really shouldn't be you know yeah this is a situation where the human characters are totally out of their depth on this alien thing that is inhabiting Jean at least according to the mythos of this show the phoenix is right. an alien life form that was the protector of this super powerful Ancron crystal and that's how they got rid of that was Jean got possessed by this alien thing and then she saved the universe stuck the crystal in the center of the sun and then in an episode that we didn't see came back to earth and was still possessed by this other life form and that's it was the all very that she-ra. We're with that's now. all you need to know it was basically she-ra um, so we start with Jean back it, on fucking Weir Island, yes. by the way, and so it's she, like, that's how it opens. Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be that. And there's always going to be Mo- Moira McTaggart with a Scottish accent. And so Moira is like talking to Jean, who's wearing these weird goggles and is suspended in this metal canister Tube. thing, which is I not know. Cerebro, but is kind of looks like it, but it's not. And so Moira's talking to her and being like, try to remember, Jean, you were possessed by the Phoenix. What happened to you, Jean? And like, you know, just interrogating I kinda her. I kind of like that Moira is just like, I remember you were possessed by the Phoenix. And it's like, okay, yeah, but I don't remember, remember Moira it. really was there for any of that, but okay. <laughs> well, it's also like Jean keeps snapping back and forth into the Phoenix. So it's like, does she need to remember it? But the reason they're saying also, this dialogue it's is questionable so in this episode. Remembers. Oh, I know. It's questionable in this episode if she's actually snapping back and forth, but between the phoenix and herself or if it really is just her the phoenix allowing her to just say what she's thinking because in a lot of these scenarios i kind of feel like gene is actually saying 
which you wouldn't normally say but it's i don't feel like it's necessarily the phoenix i might think it's the phoenix influencing her to go ahead and feel those feelings but it's kind of like when people get really drunk and they're like that wasn't me and it's like well some of the stuff you said was clearly stuff you kind of thought i mean like this whole this whole episode is kind (laughs) of like gene admitting that she doesn't enjoy her relationship with cyclops repeatedly i mean yes and no it's more like is she if anything it's an illustration of how codependent they've become i guess because it's it's like like, they're so obsessed with each other it's like to the detriment of potentially yeah you know you're right it's like it's like oh we're best friends so we should probably like get married everyone else yeah and get married yeah yeah and it's like yeah but there's no actual romance here we're just like really good friends and it just makes sense i mean maybe there's the romance and how much drama they have but whatever i mean that's probably true this whole episode is about them so we can psychoanalyze them later so xavier gives us a little more exposition during this voiceover and is like gene we're here with you on weir island the location that we're in don't forget audience and then phoenix possesses gene and is like and starts so screaming I. and you can tell it's the phoenix or a gene version of the phoenix when she starts shooting laser beams out of her eyes golden it's beams. like really intense sometimes in this episode too where she's just sitting there and then like straight up it's so spooky like yellow cool. beams just blast out of her mouth and eyes and she just screams and it's very much like if that happened to a person in front of you you'd be like what the fuck this is some scary ass shit you know there's definitely like a horror movie vibe to some of the scenes later in the episode so xavier is lecturing the phoenix and being like why are you still here we got rid of the crystal and you do gene harm by remaining in her body and then the phoenix just like explodes into this terrifying maniacal laughter and there's all these explosions and she like bursts into fire and stuff oh my god this is kind of funny to me though because like after she does that and she's just falls down moira basically is like i can't figure this out you probably should leave (laughs) i don't want you here anymore like like, please leave the therapy calms her down but the root problem remains take her home and i'm like honestly though she just like exploded a bunch of stuff and moira's like can you take her back she's like i don't want her destroying my lab (laughs) in my island you know i just don't want to be near this anymore Banshee's also here, by the way. He's in the background. He's like he with no them, lines. but he has zero lines. He's yeah. just kind of standing there like staring. Why am I involved in this? Yeah. I know. And so then Gene sends a little psychic message that's, help me, Scott. And I was just, I wrote, he can't do anything. But that was before I realized that he could potentially do something. This is like where, it reminded me of Marvel versus Capcom 3. So whenever like you played as Jean Grey and mm-hmm. she would play, she would die. She would just like fall down and go, Scott. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. I'm pretty sure the creators of that game watched this show. I mean, who didn't watch this show? I mean, that's true. This show is pretty fucking fantastic. And, like, influential on a lot of people's perceptions of the characters. That's true. Uh, And so so then we're going to cut over to New York City. uh, (laughs) Because Cyclops is on a date with Gambit. Yeah. It's not going Uh, very well, though. At least not for Gambit. Right. And we have, like, this butch Madonna figure dancing in front of them. It's Who turns out to be... Dazzler, who's actually one of my favorite characters, but in this version, she's kind of bizarre. Yeah, she... I don't understand this incarnation of Dazzler I don't either. It's like pulled... This is not her personality at all. Yeah. Well, we can get to that in a second. For now, she's being Dazzler-esque because she's just performing music on stage as the pop star beauty that she is. And Scott and Remy are there, and 
in plain clothes and Remy is like clapping excitedly and like enjoying this concert. I know. Scott is just sitting there being like, I do not care. And then Scott gets the psychic message from Jean asking him to help her and scott is like oh my god i'm getting a message I know. I'm no, he like literally here. leaps up from the table he's like gene and gambit's like what the fuck dude like yeah and like chases after down. him out of the nightclub and being like xavier would have told us if we needed to go there we don't need to go to mirror island and he's like you've been worrying too hard about gene you need to relax and cyclops, and cyclops goes like, okay and then gambit gets down on his knees and sucks his dick that's how no, it goes in the alleyway that is not what happens unfortunately it does maddie cyclops goes go enjoy the concert and without even responding at all remy turns around and just leaves that's because it's okay that is a character for gambit i thought it was really funny i genuinely was just kind of like okay thanks for giving me a way out because fuck this yeah like he clearly didn't want to go with scott but was just like okay well i did my duty where i like pretended that i cared if you came with me to this but i actually genuinely don't care anymore and canvas like i gotta get laid and drunk and you're just kind of in my way at this point you cock blocker yeah so. and so he goes back inside meanwhile i guess dazzler is on a break between sets because she's like hanging out in the alleyway and getting kidnapped by like a couple of putties from power rangers <laughs> which and, are the members of the hellfire club yes. but they do look like putties they that's do. a good way to put it and then also this other guy who is donald pierce who, who you may cyborg. know from if you are not familiar with the comic books or the cartoons you've but i've watched the movies logan. you've probably seen logan and they do a very bizarre version of him in that of the guy with the metal arm i mean but he's this, pretty bizarre here too because okay, well, he's bizarre the in a different way he's him. dressed off like he's like from the victorian yeah, age which was a costume that he wore sometimes but he's had a lot of other costumes in the comics too that right. are a lot cooler than this so i was kind of surprised they went with this but well, i guess it's, I think it's they're because they're doing it was the a victorian whole, yeah the whole hellfire for the bullshit. hellfire that's the comics they're pulling from and i think that's the time period where he was wearing the they, they are following the their ancestors of being the aristocrats of new york city so they have yeah, to dress sure, that way whatever fine I, honestly it gets just because they all want to dress up and like the, have a weird this orgy is their friggin like vampire the masquerade larp yeah, that they're all it doing it really is like all larp it seriously is and they all have their little characters they're being but anyway we're gonna meet them later for now we just meet donald pierce who is a cyborg wearing a pair of breeches and a lace ruff right and so cyclops sees all of this going down and tries to break up the fight basically and save dazzler and in the process blows i'm actually surprised dazzler's not putting up more of a fight yeah she's She's kind of just getting overpowered immediately which is like okay she was probably taken by surprise i guess but maybe but she has these like great powers and she's just like no but you can touch me a little bit more if you want me to and i'm like okay what is going on here yeah so she's a very classic damsel in distress here and cyclops saves her and so he uses his eye beams to blast off breach's guy's sleeve which is pretty unhelpful and then they start fighting and the uh donald pierce picks up a street sign like out of the ground and he oh, oh don't he throws the... a car engine at scott first yeah. which he rips why? it out of dazzler's car I which don't we find out why that's his go-to thing i guess it's because uh, it's like knows? he's a cyborg so he's like 
grabbing metal objects? Because I guess he just has the strength to do shit like that. I don't know. But it's funny because then he throws it at Cyclops and instead of like... Dodging it, yeah. Dodging just, it or blasting out of the sky, he literally has he a line that goes... He does blast it out of the sky. He blasts oh, right, it. He does, and then he does. all of the shards land on him after he blasts it and he's like, oh no! And then falls I know, he, he literally goes, whoa! <laughs> and I was like, what are you doing, Cyclops? Okay, if somebody's heaving a car engine at you, <laughs> just step to the left. Like, <laughs> just... Get or like out go anywhere. Way. Like it's a uh, pretty heavy object. You can see where it's gonna land. It's coming towards you. Like this is a really silly scene. But it really is. It also gets even more silly because then finally Dazzler uses her power. Finally. She doesn't shoot anybody. She just makes it just flash really bright. Him. And Dylan Pierce goes, "I'm a blind," and they all run away. And it's like if you could, if that's all it took, why didn't you do that from the start? Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. No. I mean, like, it clearly, I mean, and they make, I, I love that the Hellfire Club actually kind of makes fun of Donald Pierce later. Like, what, why could you, like, fight somebody that's just making it flashlights <laughs> at you? <laughs> yeah, so, but that's a later scene. We can that get is. to that. So first we are supposed to believe that Cyclops, who is gay, and Dazzler, who is also gay, are supposedly sexually oh attracted my God. to each other. I was like, I was like the look at Dazzler. scene I've ever seen in my life. Meanwhile, Dazzler says she's so sexy. And Maddie, okay, I, just, I was messaging Maddie and I go, Dazzler is so un, unusually sexy in this. And Maddie says, like, I can't believe I'm supposed to believe that she's supposed to be straight, which she's clearly a butch lesbian icon. She's so gay. And I was like, I don't okay. Know. Just this iteration of her seems really gay to me but don't ask me to explain why other than like no the i haircut, totally agree with you the husky voice the like weird capri pants but like also why is she like oh yeah do you want to describe what she's wearing I don't because no she looks like she's got like a bandana she looks on. like she's wearing a seahawk cosplay basically like she just looks really freaking weird i mean i love her don't don't get I me do wrong too, but, but it's very strange her in here a very odd outfit in this particular scene and also the voice actress has like this very like husky Oh, yeah. voice where she's like she's thank like, you for saving me thank you and for i'm like saving me. whoa okay and then cyclops is like i should be thanking you who was he anyway and does just like some big shot who wouldn't take no for an answer i hope you'll be here tomorrow night in case they come back looks like my car has seen better days yeah and cyclops is like well i, I would, would like, like to talk, talk to you, to you about your viewing powers? powers and Dazzler's like, Dazzler's like Tomorrow night, then it's, it's a, a date. date. Wink. And she takes and his I was arm. Like, oh my god! They both have the exact same haircut. I don't know. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Okay, wait. It. Okay, get ready for the second gay scene next to Storm coming out. This scene the... is gay, and it's not it's gay like... because it's two like gay people of opposite genders not flirting with each other. It's just straight up gay. Oh so, no, I know. Logan's making a sandwich by himself and talking, monologuing to himself about finding a salami. And yeah, then he's, he like, he's like, I can up. smell good dick. He's playing hide the salami with himself, and then Cyclops walks into their shared home which is i guess the expansion but this is like the gayest it's ever seemed because he like walks <laughs> in the front door and is like hey while you're at it fix one for me and logan goes ho 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 looks like you've been having fun without me where's the cajun oh my god that oh that line always gets me I'm just like, so what? bad why anyway it's, it's it, it kind of seems okay katie and i used to always talk about this scene too because we're like the way that wolverine asked we're where Gambit is after he's like, oh, what fun were you up to? It's yeah. like, okay, it's implying that Logan wants to have a threesome with them, like right the fuck now. Yeah, or it's implied that he's like jealous that they were on a date without I, him. I don't even know. I and guess. then Cyclops is like, he's still at the club. I met an interesting woman. And Wolverine's like, I don't fucking care. Jean's here. Well, <laughs> he actually shushes him, which I that is interpreted true. it as him being like, hey, your wife is right behind you. Don't talk about the interesting woman you met. But it's such yeah. a quick moment that it's kind of hard to 
gauge what he his intention is there but he does like shush cyclops and then as he's looking over cyclops's shoulder at gene who's walking in he goes i must be seeing things because obviously gene is showing up out of nowhere and right. then we see she's still in her phoenix costume by yes. the way and so we see cyclops smiling which is something we barely ever see on the show there's like a little animation of him like genuinely smiling which is kind of yeah. cute and he and runs, then he, like, up and runs hugs over her. he hugs her spins her but she like doesn't reciprocate at all yeah and like avoids eye contact and looks really cold and she goes yeah. the therapy helped i'm better but like that's the affect that she delivers that line in and it's like uh you're clearly not at all she's like she's like i'm not better and also i don't want to be in this relationship anymore that's how it comes off and xavier slides on up and is like the trip has tired her gene will be better after some rest and storm shows up and takes gene over to her bedroom and is kind of like apologetic about it and then scott has a temper tantrum in the kitchen about it it's like literally he's throwing his fists against the counter and be like the therapy isn't working yeah and like like at first he's like gene seems so distant and then he just starts losing it and say says the line ryan just said and i was yeah. like i guess that makes sense like he went from zero to 60 really fast and reacting to like gene kind of ignoring him but i guess i mean i would be too be like if a I were... lot of build up to them finally seeing each other again and then like it was super anticlimactic it kind of reminds me of being in like oh god this is gonna go down a dark path oh, real no. quick but okay that so time you know when you ran... dated an alien who <laughs> tried to kill you <laughs> who got possessed why are we bringing that up <laughs> you know that that classic time yeah. well i was the alien in that case mm-hmm. uh, anyway um specifically with brooklyn the gargoyle oh, uh, but going my god. on so okay. <laughs> Okay, so I was thinking it's like it reminds me of like when you're in a relationship with Brooklyn and or whoever. you still really care about with whoever like you care about this person and they like haven't had any contact with you for days yes. and you're like really hoping that they would see, you'll see them again or if they still care and you're having anxiety about it and then finally they show up and you're like so happy to see them and they're just kind of like I don't eh. want to see you yeah, and you're and like that's when you're like oh it's over like the reason you, like, they weren't contacting horrible. me was because they aren't interested anymore yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean. That's exactly what it's like. Yeah. Sorry for that dark path. I mean, it's a, it's legitimate. And so Xavier just goes, the phoenix is still inside her. Moira thought it best to continue her treatment here. And Scott just goes, what treatment? It's hopeless. How can anyone live possessed by another being, especially one with the power of the phoenix? Which I thought was sort of an interesting line because it's he sounds like almost resentful that she's been possessed by someone so powerful. And I was kind of like, know. oh, interesting. Are we going to go down that road? But we don't, we don't entirely. We don't. And also he's like speaking as if he has had a lot of like experience dealing with people who are possessed. Right. It's kind of like, what are you referring to? It's just yeah. an interesting line. Um, And so G- Xavier goes... If Jean is to have any chance of survival, she needs to draw energy from you and your unique psychic rapport. You may be her, her only hope, which I've interpreted this as just they're making shit up at this point. Like they genuinely right. do not know what is going to work because they're dealing with an alien psychic entity inside Jean. And so Xavier's just grasping at straws here being like, I don't know, Jean Grey really loves Scott. So maybe that'll be enough to bring her back to normal. Like we got nothing else here. I don't deal. Which I, I don't kind like of buy like th- this is kind of their last but also why is Jean Grey like a fucking Disney princess in this scenario like oh literally God. she becomes she becomes Ariel later. so much of a Disney princess later it's so much I yeah I, I don't know I mean it's very like oh she's trapped in the tower and she has to be rescued like I I'm not wild about that 
But no, we'll get to I'm it. not either. But so anyway, on to the Circle Club, which AKA I, the Hellfire Club. I took a screenshot of that Circle Club sign because it made me laugh really fucking hard that they're calling the Hellfire Club the Circle Club. And later in the actual dialogue, they call it the Inner Circle, which is a right. little better. But the right, sign right. But that's what they are called. I mean, there, there is the Hellfire Club, and then within the Hellcat Fire Club, they call themselves the Inner Circle. But there is they no Circle Club. They never call it the fucking Circle Club, though. And some animator drew a sign that's a circle club it with a circle in the it show. Is, it's great and also it's just kind of like makes you think that it's a gay club because it's like I, nothing yeah, about this like, is straight what is happening okay literally everyone in this scene it's like the nasty it's, boys oh my God, all over again it's, yeah it is and they're all dressed in like ridiculously like massive victorian, victorian garb shape. and it's yeah. oh i know oh. uh here we have donald pierce Yes, who we met. We have Sebastian Shaw, who mm-hmm. is who who actually was in a movie. He was in uh, First Class. Yes, and yeah. So people probably remember him from the depiction of the Hellfire Club in that movie. Right, and then he's also the leader, and his whole deal is that you know he can take physical and any kind of physical attack, and it, he absorbs it and kind mm-hmm. of blasts it back at you. And then there's also Harry Leland, who we never see beyond this. Like, oh, really? He's in this he show. Come back. No, he's in this show, but it's funny because we just, he's never made it into any other oh, form I see what you're of saying. media. Yeah. Yeah. And his whole deal is that he can make mass heavier. So it de- it's kind of hard to It's depict. not really shown in this show. They, they just try. kind of have him create like weird purple beams. Uh, yeah. And then like people falling through floors because yeah. they're suddenly so heavy. Yeah. It doesn't, they don't really try to explain what his power is. Um, And then there's Jason uh, Wingard. Right. Oh, well, he's not there yet. He's oh. going to show up with Emma later. Uh, so I'm pretty sure right now, he's... So, oh, okay. I guess you're right. N- anyway. Yeah, he comes up with Emma, and Sebastian Shaw's all basically like, you fucking suck, Pierce. I give you one <laughs> job. You're fucking terrible. And Pierce is like, I didn't want Dazzler anyway. And everybody's like, yeah, pe- no it's one like, believes Nobody fucking do. cares what you think. And then also, Leland, Harry Leland's like, I warned you, Shaw, not to send a cyborg to do a man's job. Mm-hmm. And Pierce is like, being half machine doesn't make me any less of a man, Leland. And it's like, first of all, you chose to be that way, but whatever. Uh, well, also- but that does speak to some of what we were talking about in the Reavers episode, because originally Pierce was with the Reavers. Right, exactly. Like, way back when we were talking about them. And his whole deal in the comics was being insecure about his lack of power and whether or not he was really a man and stuff. So I was like, okay, they're giving him, like, one line, but, like, it's enough to sort of paint a picture picture of who he is you know right so i actually didn't mind that um so then they start fighting each other and shaw has to break it up because they're being fucking babies holy shit but then shaw has that super gay line where he's like as for you pierce the cost of that crystal will be added to your next quarter's dues which kind of sounds like keeping all of the crystals in the budget like all the fucking crystals they have lying around like what the fuck how does that even make sense i'm the treasurer and you guys keep breaking crystals with your little fights and i'm not going to allow for it here i think he's talking i don't even know what crystal he's talking about but also i think they just break something while they're fighting i don't know i thought it was really funny maybe that's a good idea and then so Maybe the way I interpreted him saying that line, though, is like later you're going to get you're going to make this up to me by sucking my oh, dick later. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. Those are what the dues actually are is that everybody has to yeah. sh- suck I mean, like, What do you think he's going to make Pierce pay him back? Sebastian Shaw has so much money. He doesn't give a shit. But like, that's how petty I guess we're supposed to assume he is. Anyway. Oh, that's true, then too. Then Emma shows up and Wingard apparently who wasn't This there is yet. the villain version of Emma where she first joined us in the comic book. So she's she's just mm-hmm. wearing her like little white corset and cape 
Yeah, because, you know, like people wear in the Victorian era, just a corset and underwear and a cape. It's like everyone else has period accurate costumes. And Emma's like, yeah, I'm not fucking wearing pants. I'm not interested in that. She's like, I'm just a dominatrix. I am not doing that. She's definitely in charge here because when they walk in, they all just like listen to her. Mm -hmm. So Well, but also she's the only one who can get anything done, as is quickly revealed. So I wrote down her little monologue here. She goes, my psychic abilities have discovered a creature with more power than even you can imagine. They call her the Phoenix. She was the guardian of the fantastically powerful Encron crystal. To protect the crystal, she inhabited the body of Jean Grey. And then we get a little flashback to that happening. And then shows Jean flying into the sun. And Emma's narrating all of this being like the Phoenix flew with the crystal into the burning heart of the sun. And Shaw is like, the Phoenix destroyed herself. And Emma's like, no. And explains, this is the part that we didn't ever see animated on this show because it's in the episodes that we haven't gotten yet. Which is actually kind of good that it's here because otherwise we would have no idea. Yeah. So Emma says, after depositing the crystal in the sun, this primal force returned to Earth. There, a still-possessed Jean Grey was found by Professor Xavier and who is her mentor or whatever. I didn't write down the full sentence. And it shows the (laughs) X-Men with Rogue and Storm and all the rest of them in the jet picking Jean up and rescuing her basically and then leland is like what's the source of this information and emma explains that she hacked xavier's own computer which i guess she means cerebro so she like psychically hacked it she doesn't actually explain that but that's the only way logically that emma could do it i guess i don't know they don't actually explain that part and so they're they don't believe her and so then we get more flashbacks to Xavier and all of the scenes we were talking about at the beginning of the show where Xavier wasn't telling anyone anything and getting all those weird visions of Lalandra and stuff. And Emma explains that she exploited those weaknesses in Xavier in order to hack into his computer, as it were. And she's like, he's under pressure. He's been distracted. He's been away for weeks. And we get all those flashbacks of Xavier screaming in his bedroom, fighting the juggernaut, blah, blah, blah. Um, and ultimately, that's how Emma hacked into this computer and got all this information. This is like such, you're right, this is such a role play because it's like all these characters <laughs> in ridiculous costumes and then Emma presents the storyline of backstory, which master, is... And she's like, here's our new quest, boys. And she like, has this a, a really long backstory, which, and don't get me wrong, this isn't insulting any kind of roleplay, because I've we no, all do it, no. so... I mean, like, hello, I have a whole fucking series about uh, an it, but... X-Men roleplay that you did yeah. well into your teens, yeah. Yeah, 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 knows. so, like, I'm not insulting this at all, but it's definitely, like... That you got to write the character's backstory and it's just yes. going on and everything's grim and it's just like gets more and more ridiculous as you go add, add on to it because you know it's what you do it's part of the experience so. i do enjoy this emma as dungeon master canon though i think that's going to serve us well throughout the rest of these episodes it would be funny if like they were were role playing and then shaw's like yeah we'll go along with this and he's like oh shit this is real <laughs> no they all know it's real and they're all fucking pumped about it and so They basically want to recruit the Phoenix to be part of the inner circle, which they haven't really explained what it is, but we already understand from the previous conversation that they're recruiting powerful mutants. And she's like, tradition demands that this power be wielded by us. And so we're like, okay, this is like a Mason's thing where they're all part of this secret club. And that's right. And she's also like throwing back wine like it's fucking water, by the way. Uh huh. Well, it's Emma. So, you know. And so Wingard is is explaining how they're going to do this. And he says, the Phoenix is only a strong is the mind that controls her the mind is the place to attack i mean that's actually a smart way 
Oh yeah. I mean, it really is. I, I agree He's with them. It's wrong, a smart plan of attack. Given what we have seen of Jean so far, her mind him and is Emma weak. are like really kind of intense together because they are good at manipulating the shit out of They're people. They're scary, and they do a pretty good job of like dismantling everything in this episode that sets up. They the really rest do. Of everything. They do. So then we go back to the X Mansion. Xavier is interrogating Jean. This was the scene that was like very horror movie Exorcist. Right. Yeah, and they like, were also playing kind of like this weird chime music. That, a lot of the music here reminded me of Nightmare on Elm Street because we had just watched yeah, it again recently. Yeah, it's kind of like but that But honestly, too. most 80s horror movies sounded like this and that's where I'm sure they're pulling from. They wrote so much music for this episode I because know. they had all the spooky music and then all of Dazzler's stuff was yeah, music they wrote for the show. Yeah, songs that they wrote for the show for Dazzler to sing. And they even brought yeah. back that cool Phoenix theme song for the flashback oh, that yeah, I really liked right. with the like, synthesizer, which they've mostly been getting away from in this episode because they're now playing all this spooky music for the Phoenix because it's evil now. But right, they brought right. back the like triumphant Phoenix theme for the flashback, which I appreciated. Good, good sound design in this episode. So anyway, Jean is wearing this like sexy little robe, which adds a weird tinge to this scene too. Because yeah, like, both Xavier she's and not Cyclops aren't here, by the way. It, I don't think. No, and, she's not. Yeah, her husband's there, but Xavier's also there and is like leaning over her bed, as is classic on this show. I don't know. It just like. I felt like a weird vibe from that. I don't know about you. And so Xavier's like interrogating Jean and asking, what does the Phoenix want? And she turns into the Phoenix, starts blasting light out of her eyeballs and her mouth and is like, the Phoenix hungers. And she's like gyrating on the bed and then ends up like kneeling yeah, on it. Also her mouth, when she's talking, her mouth isn't moving. It's just like echoing into the room. It's creepy, I, but cool. I liked it. I would, I mean, I would love to see somebody re-illustrate this, but in a horror yeah 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 that'd be really neat i'm kind of surprised i mean i feel like some of the phoenix and song comics do that and have that's true far more of like a disturbing horror art to them that is is a great comic book to recommend to our listeners by the way is phoenix and song yeah with the art by greg land it's really it's just fantastic it is really uh, really good which i it came out way after this and i think was kind of influenced by yeah it was like jean gray had passed she had died again mm -hmm. and like then the phoenix force came back and resurrected her but she didn't she went she died at the end of that story arc again yeah uh and also it turned out that uh, emma frost could also harbor the phoenix force but she was much better at it than gene was so yeah, it was just a, it was a cool really interesting choice because emma's fun um yeah. anyway so after that scene beast and xavier go out into the hall and they talk about they do a little regroup and Xavier, oh yeah, this is also by the way after that weird creepy scene where xavier's like relax it's oh, over yeah. relax and he's like petting gene and then he turns around pet cyclops without saying anything and, and then he leaves i forgot about that yes that also happens um and so then xavier shares this weird theory he has about why the phoenix is sticking around which is that yeah, he's talking to beast by the way yeah because beast is just curious about what the fuck is happening and so xavier goes perhaps through gene's body the phoenix is experiencing things she's never felt before and so we're kind of supposed to believe and this is sort of in the comics too that like the phoenix sort of likes the idea of experiencing these like petty human emotions but like escalated to a grand scale so it's like right. she still experiences Jean's sort of territorial love Bullshit. for Scott yeah. but like to a planet destroying capacity etc and I, I, I don't know that 
I, I have some weird thoughts about how that's depicted in this episode, which I guess we can get into the, the politics section, but sure. I don't know. I, I, whatever this, this episode is not the greatest depiction of Jean Grey I've ever seen, you know? No, it's, it's really <laughs> isn't. It's one of those episodes that the girls just don't do too well in, I know. but also all the men are pretty gay in this. So like, I don't it's know what's happening. It's kind of just like X-Men, the animated series being its goofy self. So like, how hardly can I really judge it? But whatever. No, and then there's this, gr- I actually love this upcoming scene where it's just, cyclops and gene in the room Mm -hmm. and cyclops is basically like he's like i need to go protect that female mutant i have to go back to the club and gene gray turns into the phoenix briefly and she goes you would leave me to be with another woman go then (laughs) and then cyclops is all like gene there's nothing to be jealous of gene is like maybe you have to protect her from me and cyclops is like you don't mean that and gene's all like no of course not but if i'm afraid the phoenix does and that's where i'm like i don't think that's entirely just the phoenix gene i think the phoenix is feeding off of your reactions to that and what you're thinking yeah but then you're like just letting scott walk all over you anyway it's kind of like and, and also the dark phoenix like being like no I'm going to take over for you now and I'm just not going to put up with that shit because I know what you're thinking and you know that like you're not comfortable with her him being with another woman at a club you yeah, know like not at this particular time at least but yeah I guess I was a little disappointed that they sort of introduced and I mean maybe they'll do this in other episodes but they sort of introduced this idea that the phoenix is going to help Jean to stand up for herself except they only use it in the context of her relationships with men like they don't ever really I know. like have her use it in any other way. Right, and we haven't even hit any of the shit with, like, Dark Phoenix and Wolverine, so... Yeah, I well, we will... I guess we'll get there. I don't know. But it, it's... it's. I just was kind of sad that, like, they start this plot point, but then in the end it doesn't matter because she still ends up in men's control anyway, you know? Right. Anyway, whatever. I so know. Storm shows up. She's wearing, like, this beautiful hooded cloak for no reason. She's just, like, wearing a really beautiful thing and is like, I'll stay with Jean. Cyclops has to go to this nightclub, but I'll just hang out here in this incredible outfit for no reason. I mean, I love Storm. She can do what she wants. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And so then we go over to a scene with Emma and Wingard, who are, like... Uh, you can Wingard, by the way, is mastermind, so if you need to know who he, he is That's in relation to his is. code name... Are you trying to say master brain? <laughs> no, you can watch D2 if you want to know what we're talking about. <laughs> Our wonderful X-Men parody that is clearly based on this scene. It's from like it's from 15 years ago and Maddie and I watched again and reacted to it on our YouTube channel. So go to Atomic Clue Productions if you want to watch that in its original movie Demon, which is much better than D2. Well, but- better is a sliding scale. Anyway, <laughs> Emma and Wingard are hanging out and like creating this little magic circle together in their LARP room. And Emma yeah. goes, She's asleep. You may enter. I don't I don't know. She says something more than that but i didn't write it all down and wingard is like once i'm in her mind i can create whatever reality i choose and wingard enters chooses mind wait wingard chooses- by the way he chooses the little mermaid that's what he wants to <laughs> he do literally chooses like victorian little mermaid so like oh my God. Jean is drowning in the Underwater. ocean wearing like a pink aerial turning into human dress and wingard is like wearing a pirate slash prince eric cosplay and he's like standing like fucking captain morgan on the ship he's just standing there by yeah. the way and then he saves her from drowning and puts her to bed in this like huge victorian four poster bed okay, but this whole thing is like sexual in a oh, way that's yeah. really uncomfortable i mean it's supposed to be at first i was like oh what the fuck is happening but then by the end of the episode i was like oh right and i remembered like the end of it because i was like oh yeah i've seen this before but like 
I, I had forgotten how sexual the wing guard thing was for it's whatever like, it's, reason. It's like really sexual in it's, a way that's not comfortable because she, okay, so first of all, she's lying on the bed with him like leaning over her and mm-hmm. she's like, which is honestly better than what most of the X-Men do, which is like just stand there <laughs> staring at people sleep. Uh, and but she goes, this, time, this is all wrong. This isn't my time, my world. And masterminds, I know, and masterminds are like, darling, all that matters is you're all right. <laughs> And he kisses her on the cheek, not the mouth yeah. at least, but it's still like, not yet. I mean, oh, like boy. that gets weird too, because then Jean's all like, "But this isn't my time, my world." And that's when Mastermind like caresses her lips sexually. And he's like, "But you're upset. You nearly drowned." And then he kisses her forehead. And he's like, "Rest, my Venus. All is well now." My Venus, very yeah, sexual. My Venus. It is all sexual. And so then later he starts implanting some like it's shown them later on the ship so we're like oh some time has passed and he's implanting more memories into her head and we sort of see right. how this works because he's like oh you don't remember stowing away on my ship you were desperate to go to America and she's like I seem to remember another life a strange one full of people who were my friends and then she starts remembering the fake life at the same time where she's like, Oh, but I do remember you rescued me and you called me beautiful. And then Wingard like embraces her and is like, yes, that's it. That's the real memory. <laughs> See, okay. Also, by the way, this is an interesting use of his powers because typically his whole thing is that he creates illusions where, wherever you are. So it's like, if you're fighting mastermind, he creates all these illusions and makes you think you're somewhere else. Right. But him combined with Emma is her, Using her, her psychic Jean's abilities. Mind. Yeah, and then he creates the illusions in there. Which, which you would kind of, you kind of are like, well, why can't Emma just do that anyway? But it, yeah. <laughs> it but also really at the same sense. time, it, it doesn't, but it is kind of an interesting like power team up between those two. To see it is, happen. and it's kind of cool because I guess Emma's doing the part where she's implanting the memories, but Mastermind is like the creative one who's like, I'll come up with the idea we're going to do. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, again, so once again, it's like, Emma Frost is the dungeon master. Yes. And Wingard is just role playing a weird fucking scenario. And she has to just go <laughs> along with it and be like, I guess we're doing this. I don't know. Right. right. And Mastermind's like, it was a dream. Nothing more. Don't you remember how frightened you were when I found you? I took you in my arms. And that's when she says how, you know, how beautiful oh, I were. Yeah, and, and, and then he, beautiful. And they, they yeah, make and then out. he explains that it's another life and it's not real. And then Jean suddenly wakes up screaming yeah, and Storm I, runs over. Do you know over. what woke her up, by the way? Because I don't think it's actually explained what managed uh, to snap her out of This weird sexual, like a non-consensual sexual scene, probably. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Because then later, Wingard is like surprised and that she snapped out of it and it's never explained oh, wait, no, they do explain why. it but they don't explain it until later which is kind of a weird oh, maybe wig. i missed it well anyway for now gene wakes up and she goes oh it was and storm thinks it was a nightmare and gene's like it was just a dream it's just that it felt so real i'd love a glass of water and then storm goes off to get the glass of water i'm like i'm like storm yeah, no like, you know what's gonna happen just like manifest some water you into can Jean's call mouth, literally call okay? jubilee do you think jubilee's not upstairs it's like first of all jubilee's not asleep she's upstairs playing a video game so tell to bring down a glass of water yeah, so you don't have to leave the room. It's like super suspicious too. But anyway, whatever. Storm fucks up. She goes to get the water. Um, right. and so then back to Wingard and Emma. And this is when Wingard says it was not enough. And Emma says she has psychic rapport with another. But there was nothing to indicate Scott intervened. That was why I was like, what? 
I think, okay, so first of all, I think it's because her connection with Cyclops in the comic books is canonically always there. Okay. Even if they're not communicating. I, I feel like they should have showed an animation of her imagining herself kissing Scott or something to snap That would have made more sense, but I think that's what the the part is that made her snap out of it. Oh, like, like kissing another man, and then she's like, what? This isn't right, or something. She's like, this isn't Cyclops. What's going on? Right, and like, right. And so that's why I, I think that's You're what's happening. But they do right, have that connection. And they just like shortcut through it, and we're just I supposed mean, to assume to, that. There's a lot going on in this I episode, know, and they only I have know. 20 minutes to do it in. And so, I mean, there's plenty of other impressive animations. So, that's a pretty minor quibble on my part. Right. So, Storm comes back with the water. The window's broken. Also, also Masterminds. <laughs> right. And Masterminds says that he tells Emma that they have to find her tonight. Yeah, because they got to like finish this up stat because of reasons i don't know i mean i don't know like mastermind really thinks he's gonna fuck her i think i think that's what's going on yeah, and emma's I like mean, now that he's seen how hot fool. gene is he's like listen i gotta get this and emma's like i don't fucking care about this at all. <laughs> so she's gene, like she's like she's just gonna let him do it for her own personal entertainment at this point yeah i mean i don't even know if emma's that inter- i guess maybe she is oh so the phoenix slash gene is going to new york city and Jean is trying to prevent it from happening and like talking to herself being like, stay back. But the Phoenix is like already exploded over to Dazzler's nightclub. Yeah, pretty much. And so they go in and Jean sort of comes to and is like seeing where she is and is looking at Scott and being like, Scott, am I here looking for you? But she's like too far away to be heard or anything. And Dazzler is like next to Scott touching his chest and stuff. And they're having their little romantic moment. I know. Um, And also... Emma and Wingard are showing up at the exact same place. It's just like everybody's here. Yes. We're all here. And Dazzler goes over and uh, he kisses her. Oh, well... Well, well, hold on, wait, hold on, hold on. It's we're kind of all over the place. So, okay, so what ends up happening here is that Jean has walked into the bar, and Wingard and Emma haven't actually walked in the bar yet because right now Jean's just walking in and she sees Dazzler flirting with Cyclops, and then Dazzler just kisses Cyclops on the lips, and then. She goes, no, it can't be. And then outside, Emma's standing there, and with her psychic power, she goes, she says something like, I, her, her mind mood suddenly sh- shifted dramatically. Yeah, it shifted dramatically. So then they go, and then Mastermind throws a little tantrum. He's like, that's because her mind has drifted into my world to be with me. And it's like, and like no, storms dude, in. not yet. <laughs> but they yeah, storm and then in. So, right, and so then Jean's confronting Cyclops, then being like, hi. And Cyclops is like, uh, Jean, let me introduce you to Dazzler. And Dazzler's just like, Who's, who's that? that? The inevitable girlfriend. And Gene walks up to Jason Wingard, who's now in the bar with Emma, and they instantly go back into illusion and they go back to their little little mermaid bullshit yeah, and they make where out. Wingard like makes the illusion where she's wearing the dress again and she sees him as the yeah. pirate guy or whatever. And they oh, by the way, if you ever tried watching this like without watching any other X Men episodes, it, it wouldn't make crazy. any fucking sense. It's like, really hard. What is going I know. on? And so people at Cyclops is like, I I can't believe it. And Dutch like looks like ex-girlfriend now it's like shut up so mean in this yeah why is she such a bitch this is not a character for her people like they basically just invent her to be the other woman but like for no reason and it's not even based on i know it's so ridiculous and so then gene leaves 
with Jason Wingard and like Cyclops goes, something's wrong. I'm going after that. And Dazzler has that line. She's like, some guys just can't take a hint. And I was like, so is the hint that you're trying to fuck him? Because I think he figured it out, Dazzler. Like, uh, yeah, because he like him. shoved like, your tongue down his throat also, you, in front of also, his wife. he's like clearly with someone else. So maybe you are the one who can't take a hint. Imagine yeah, seriously. Dazzler, I don't know. This is like such a bizarre version of her. Like, I can't even deal with it. It's pretty annoying. And so they get outside and there's a bunch more of those putties they were fighting earlier and Dazzler's like it's the same guys and then smash like, cut Dazzler. to a completely different scene that Dazzler isn't in where it's all the X-Men and they're just at the circle I can't remember club. if we ever see her again or if that was just the do. end of Dazzler. I think that's just oh my the God. end of that. Cyclops just abandons her there and is like, fuck this. And so uh, well, he gets maybe the Maybe Dazzler the abandons him is like, fuck this. Who knows? Uh, well, we may never know. Uh, anyway, they're all at the circle club now. All the X-Men. You don't really know that at first. You just see them standing in the fog outside what could be a castle, but you're not really sure. Yeah, but you have to assume it's right because everybody's like, is this the right place? And Wolverine is like, the nose knows, especially when it comes to Jean. And I was yep. like, okay. Sure. Here we go again. And it's meanwhile, Scott's like, it still bothers me that the Professor Xavier couldn't find Jean telepathically. Is her mind beyond recognition? And I actually love Storm's line here yeah. because she goes, it pains me to say this, Cyclops, but perhaps Jean does not want to be found. So she's already She's come already to, like, maybe Jean's not interested in you anymore. Yeah, Storm, Storm's like, maybe she's not possessed. Maybe she just doesn't want to deal with Storm her fucking like, bullshit honestly, anymore. you guys were kind of a mismatch from the jump. I always felt like she was a little too good for you. I never <laughs> yeah, really I know, right? understood why she was like coming back to you so much. So. Right. And then we, okay, then we have some more good lines of rogues like what are we all waiting for invitations and wolverine's like i've got invitations right here and not for everybody and he pops his claws which is a weird thing to say by the way it is funny but not for everybody well enough for everybody is what he says oh yeah and then in my head i was like well he's got six claws and i think there are six x-men so i guess that's the joke i don't know i don't even know okay so anyway then so so he's about to run there and cyclops is like whoa hold on we can't just charge in the front door there might be some innocent bystanders rogue can you see if there's any way to get in quietly and by the way she never signals the person who's doing this by the way i don't know and she's like my pleasure sugar so she flies up to the roof and looks through like this gigantic sunroof thing yeah she can look through the skylight to see that gene is getting married to jason wingard yeah it, it's like kind of crazy and shaw's marrying them so i guess shaw has that ability or who even yeah, fucking knows maybe they're on just the internet just like really quickly shaw forgot be, that be, printed before out. the internet even existed and rogue's <laughs> just like oh fuck this so i, I think the reason they all charge is because well, would they just see down into the room well and then she they rips all the in. fucking window off and throws it so they probably see this and they're like oh shit shit's not good let's yeah, go and so storm flies the rest of them up to the roof roof with wind and gets them in there and meanwhile doesn't she have like a crazy line there yeah she, she says something like, like call the winds like she does oh, a she, okay i've done it swirl almighty winds and carry us to gene <laughs> i love her and so rogue is punching shaw and we get a nice display of shaw's powers here where he's like oh with every punch that's, i become stronger and it's, it's yeah a right good there's also another good line there too because that's when uh, Shaw says step away she's trapped in a world where the X-Men are only a dream to her and then Rogue's like I'll send you off to dreamland which <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed that too I love Rogue yeah okay? she's really fun Th- those are like the only moments she really gets in this episode but they're both fun um, and so then everybody else bursts in I didn't write everything down but I know there's like a moment where Donald Pierce is fighting Gambit and goes just flipped your last ace ace and Gambit goes <laughs> everyone a comedian which is really funny to me. that is pretty funny Leland slows Wolverine down with his weird Wait, also Wolverine has a weird line there. He's like, I hope you're into 
recycling. And it's like, what the fuck does that even mean? I think it was just them trying to promote recycling through the cool character. I, know, I don't but know. I was like trying to figure out what it meant because he says it to Pierce. And so I was like, so he's going to cut up his metal body and recycle the metal, I guess. I, I don't fucking know. Who fucking knows? I don't know. Uh, we may never and also know. Pierce can't do anything again. He just like gets attacked by Wolverine and Pierce just screams, my arm. <laughs> and we're like, okay, thanks, Pierce. You're useless. Well, Pierce always sucks. And so I know. Leland manages to slow Wolverine down with his like, beam that makes him very heavy and stuff and but yeah, it's not and explained collapses at all it into, basically like, the just sewer. stops I know. Wolverine that's why I was like it's really hard to animate his power yeah um Storm fights Emma and f- tries to freeze Shaw but then is stopped by Jean like it actually seems right. like Storm is gonna be the one to defeat everybody because it's Storm and she's really powerful there so it's like the tide is turning but then all oh, of a sudden also, she don't falls. forget about the part where Cyclops is blasting Shaw and Shaw's clothes just rip off oh, like sexually yeah. yeah don't forget about that how can I forget that I'm sorry I forgot about it um but so then Storm gets thrown to the ground and we don't see by who and it the reveal is that it's Jean and then Storm is like Jean why and Jean goes not Jean only her body only her delicious senses and then wingard goes good work my love and then gene goes thank you my husband and they make out in front of everybody and it's uh, that's like, like cut to, cut to, it's like cut to credits it's like they make out and like we don't even see the ex's reaction it's just like that's the end of the whole show there's no more episodes they didn't have any more seconds left to do a reaction <laughs> shot of the x-men staring agape at that but Holy we can assume shit. they feel that way so like i don't know i i guess it's time for politics You know what I'm going to say. I'm a little disappointed that, like, we're finally seeing Jean, like, reclaiming her sense of self only to immediately have to marry Jason Wingard and be like, thank you, Ugh. husband. Now I am part I of your your cult. I'm part Beep of boop. your world. <laughs> yeah. right. Except she's oh my like God. a brainwashed clone. I don't know. I I was kind of no, sad about the that. The women just don't do well in this episode at all. Well, that, okay, that's a lie. Storm and Rogue do pretty well. They I think do, Rogue- although the focus isn't really on them. Although I do like this version of Emma a lot. I'll say that much. It's fun to see her. It's here. also not that far away from like her who she is self. as a character, yeah, which, is, which cool. is kind of like the person standing there pulling the strings all along. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that seems I, I like the Emma Frost, the dungeon master. I'm all for that. I don't understand this bizarre role play that we've already broken down those politics of. But, yeah, you know, I don't fully know what I don't remember what Emma does, even though I remember seeing these episodes and like laughing at them. And I remember Jean's stupid dress. Like, I remember all of this, but I don't remember what actually happens at all. So that'll be fun either. to, like, actually pay attention to what the dialogue is and not have us laughing over it the entire time, which is what we usually do. Um, I, <laughs> With, like, ten other people yeah, in the room. exactly, which we've done many times. Well, uh, I could tell you that... Uh, my whole thing in this is that I really still feel like this is... It, this isn't politics, but it's kind of... Well, maybe it is in the sense that, like, Gene has the phoenix speak for her and then she's like that was the phoenix speaking (laughs) not me because like i can't speak my mind and it's kind of like this powerful feminine force being like i want to but see then see i like that but then where they go with it i'm like right and then like the phoenix is like now that i am the phoenix well you know what actually no because then i think the next few episodes i think she's kind of in control of the her little relationship with wingard is kind of stepping on his balls so maybe gene as Dark I would be Phoenix. interested in that if she still ultimately became. Yeah, I think that is kind of where it ends up going. And so I think the Dark Phoenix is sort of like, I know what you want and what you feel. So you should have that and like stop 
bowing down to what all these other fucking people want. Right. It's not just men. It's like, I, I know it's presented that way in this episode, but like Jean does what everyone wants her to do. Yeah. And so she can't like release herself, which I think it's, I think that is kind of interesting. And that may be kind of where they went with the Phoenix force in the original comics before they decided it was a separate entity when they were like, Jean's getting a massive power up, power up and she's standing up for herself and she's going to do this whole thing about how like I'm a powerful woman standing up for myself. But then you know? the writers were like, that's too scary. Make, make sure it's an alien. That's not really yeah, the so Jean you, Grey Let's we put want. in some Nightmare on Elm Street music <laughs> right here. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of depressing to think that like later on they were like, yeah, that version of Jean that was like really powerful and standing up for herself, that's not actually her. That's some other no, and also, weird okay. hysterical possession that oh, right. is and not I think, I think her. It's, you know, now that you've tapped into this, Maddie, like, and you're talking about how, how Jean is just like this in this episode, it's like, okay, so yeah, she's being passed between Jason Wingard and fucking Cyclops, mm-hmm. and which man is the right man for her. Yes, and they're both going to save her or whatever. Right, right. And also, if it's not them, it's going to be Charles Xavier because Moira yes. just can't do it. I and know. it's like, <laughs> what kind of, it would have been really interesting for them to have actually used, I know, I, okay. This isn't what happens in the comic book, so this, of course, it's not going to happen on the show. Right. But it would be really have really have been interesting if we had Rogue be like, okay, so this is how you deal with inner turmoil and your feelings, and how you can still stand up for yourself and for everyone's bullshit, like kind of like. Ooh, and you know, it would also be interesting if they had Emma be the evil side of that equation, because you could do like an all female version yeah. of this episode and still have basically the same plot, you know? Right, and we just did those episodes with Storm coming to her full potential, and Storm could have been like. You know, I've finally embraced myself, so maybe you should too. But yeah. it's kind of like none but of that happens. No instead, it's like that. Yeah. yeah. Instead, it's like Xavier's like, I can't fix her, so Cyclops fix her. It's Cyclops like, I can't fix her, so I guess now who's this guy? Jason's gonna get her married, and then it's like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I, I don't, I don't fucking know. Care. I just like inherently, I'm not a fan of the idea that Cyclops is the one who's supposed to save Jean in this situation. Like. I just don't like it. And I get that that's what this is going to be. And I just have to fucking deal. And also as a teenage girl, I loved it. So there is that. Like, I remember yeah, being I like, I mean, they knew who they were appealing and to. Jean are going to be together, except for she also loves Wolverine. And oh my God, she's got such a hard choice between these two hot guys. Like, of course I loved all of that bullshit. And, <laughs> but so did all comic book readers at the time. It's like a classic love triangle, classic story. And like Jean's obsession with men is part of her character for better or for worse. And that's right. in the show. And like, as an adult woman watching it, I'm, I'm kind of like, wow, this is like, I sure am watching a soap opera all of a sudden instead of a science fiction show. Like now suddenly the show is about like this twoo love Disney princess story. Like, what oh am my I God, looking at I know. Here, it's know? like, it's crazy. And also, it, you know, it it's kind of interesting that we have the Hellfire Club here, right? Because they're just like all these scantily clad ladies, but they're the ones who are really in charge. Like they're kind of the yeah, ones Emma leading the group. Yeah, owns in this. Like I've already said it, but she's like the greatest part of this episode. Okay, I think. but like Emma's, that's because Emma's just a great fucking character period. And if we're going in the direction where like we make Jean Grey the Black Queen, then yes. Emma's all like, this is how you can be like in charge. Yeah, and I don't you know. can be a fucking dom and step on men's necks I, with your stilettos. I know, seriously. I kind of feel like watching this, uh, this series again from a critical point of view with like you know just kind of the critical lens on i'm just like why doesn't gene stay with the hellfire club stepping <laughs> on men all day i kind of think emma's got a point here like you know and i know in the comics that's not how it goes it down isn't. they end up having a but huge fucking like battle a with each other where she's the the black queen which is fun i mean that happens yeah. so 
I There's know. a lot of black queens, honestly. Yeah. But I remember thinking all of that stuff was very cool as a teenager because I like would see the outfits on scans daily or whatever and be like, that's so cool. Yeah, Maddie was like, I'm I can't wear to wear I that. Wear yeah, I know. That because I was like a child and I thought that like. Oh, OK. Well, we also grew up in the generation where like goth involved mm-hmm. a lot of corsets. So, and of also, course, like, we thought it was Matrix cool. The Matrix was cool. So, like the idea of Jean Grey and the Dark Phoenix transforming into like this corset wearing Dom, I was like. I'm already Jean Grey, so now that's me. And I'm it definitely informed like how I saw myself at the time. So but I mean that's okay. There you go. I, I don't know. I still kind of have a soft spot for all of that shit now, and I will happily take your reading of it and be like, yeah, that's the version of Jean that should have stayed. But instead, that's just who Emma is. That's not really who Jean is. So really I know, but at I'm least just Emma's a fan here. of Emma after all. It turns uh, well, okay, out. but you know what? That's also not a surprise in your life because as you became an adult and you started reading more comic books you got really obsessed with emma frost yeah so. i did and then i ended up cosplaying emma Even oh you though, did like, i remember when we had aim like maddie's away message was just like a quote of emma frost and i was like <laughs> was yes it? <laughs> yeah it was like it was you saying something about like i'm only here for the minions in the shoes oh my god god that was so <laughs> annoying okay <laughs> i'm I believe, okay with it I mean, you know I what emma frost you. is fucking great yeah but yeah i she is really great Anyway, I enjoyed the voice actress they cast for her, too. I thought she did a good job. It was better than, like, you yeah, know, the He-Man she acting, which is like, one. she's like, let's save Magneto! Yeah, and in this person, she's just, like, a lady with a cool, sexy voice, which is more yeah. how I picture Emma's voice sounding anyway, so. Still, you know, throwing back that wine. She is, she can drink like a beast. <laughs> anyway, are we done with politics? I don't know. Yeah, we are. Cool. Okay. All right. Who's... We'll do a little musical interlude here for Dazzler today. Oh, is that who we're doing? Okay. In this episode that she, as far as I'm concerned, isn't in. But sure, let's do Dazzler. We're going to do yeah, because I don't think she comes back in any other series. Oh, damn. Okay. This is the like best the last she's time we see her. Yeah. You know what? I actually think there's a reason for why we haven't seen her appear behind Pride of the X-Men in this show. I think it's because there's like some sort of like conspiracy. No copyright sort oh. of. Uh, well, we'll get into that. Okay, so okay. yeah, so we're doing Allison Blair. That's her real name, and she's a dazzler. And get out your bingo cards because it's finally time to do another Brian's top twenty. Oh it's my been God, a while. It's been a while since we did someone you actually liked. So yeah, and well, I mean, I like all of them, but like my top twenty well, is but, different. You know, in the top twenty, and yeah, we, we've done right. plenty of X Men lately that neither of us cares about. Like we have it's, somebody. Somebody of... could correct me, by the way, because there was that time I almost fudged it. So like somebody who is keeping track, but on my list that I've been keeping, she's number fifteen for me. Okay, so there you go, and she's fucking great. I fucking love Dazzler, but not this version of Dazzler in the animated series. We're gonna do the correct version of Dazzler. Um, and as I said, her real name is Allison Blair, and her powers is that she can convert sound into light beams. There's actually a really cool power, and I've been saying for like years that Maddie is Dazzler. Mm-hmm. Because I play music, and I have the same kind of haircut that she does in some uh, versions. And like also like some, she gets to be really fucking cool sometimes. Um, and before we get into her her actual bio, like her bio or whatever, um, we'll talk about some facts. Which is she first appeared in Uncanny X Men One Thirty, which is in February of nineteen eighty. Which is why she's so eighties in mm-hmm. the long run. But originally she was sort of designed to be more like a disco queen. Yeah, and then they kind of like so it was like the post seventies thing. But then they were like, oh, disco is not popular anymore. Yeah, and, and then she went into an eighties thing, and then they did a whole like techno trance version of her, and then they did like the punk rock. It kind of like 
she just becomes whatever is popular at the time. Mm-hmm. And she was originally developed. And this is this is my theory, but I'll say the fact first is that she was originally developed as a cross promotional creation between Casablanca Records and Marvel Comics in the mold of Kiss. And they had she had two successful comic book tie-ins, and she was going to have her own film that was going to be a tie-in to the comic books. And then the film was canceled, mm. um, and people were still waiting for it, even now, including me. Um, <laughs> I think they ended up not going that route, and they did Nightcat instead. Do you remember Nightcat? And because Nightcat had a whole album they released, I do not remember any. I of think that. it's Nightcat is the name. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Okay, yeah, that's okay. So Night Nightcat is also a fictional character that they made specifically so they could write music and promote music. Okay. Yeah, huh. and she was also Marvel Comics. Uh, but she was like a far sexier version. Just like look her up of like Nightcat Marvel, and like you'll see. I'm surprised um, I haven't heard of this character. Yeah, and they like had somebody who was going to be that person, and so they had cast somebody, and she was going to perform oh, and stuff. Oh, yeah, this does look familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have Nightcat number one somewhere because like I'm obsessed with this kind of shit. But anyway, so uh, Dazzler was going to be sort of the same idea, which I think explains why we've never seen her in any of the X-Men films, even though people have been like, why isn't she in any of the X-Men oh, films? We've, you think we've maybe put the in every other fucking over. character yeah. from that generation at this point, no matter how terrible these films are. And I wonder if it's because like she's supposed to be, maybe she is being held for her own movie still. Maybe that hasn't cleared in the same way that Wonder Woman couldn't appear in a movie for a really long fucking time. Yeah, So maybe. I mean, that's that's just my theory. But I could be wrong because it's also been 35 fucking years. But who knows? Contracts are really complicated things. So anyway, before she joined the X-Men, she had her own solo series in the 1980s that was 42 issues long, which is a really long run for something that's a solo series. Yeah. That it's really interesting to me because like she just went around. She fought with like random characters of the Marvel Universe and she would fight against all the different villains. And that was just like she was a solo character. And after 42 issues, she was canceled. She was also originally designed to my dismay that this didn't actually happen because I would have much more preferred this, but she was really originally going to be designed to be look like Grace Jones, which would have been fucking amazing. I know. uh, But the representatives of Filmworks wanted her to be modeled after Bo Derek, which is a white girl. uh, And, that's I, i'm sure that's the reason why like i'm sure of it which is fucking bullshit uh, i would much prefer grace jones because grace jones is like the queen of all queens yeah and it would be really cool if she had a superhero designed after her yeah seriously she well i mean technically i think garnet from steven universe oh, is supposed well, yeah. to be now but <laughs> at least it did eventually happen many many years uh, later yeah right and she appeared in all kinds of titles outside of dazzler including x-men avengers fantastic four and contest of champions and when Dazzler ended, they wanted to put her into X Factor because at that point they had revealed that she was a mutant, but they mm-hmm. decided to resurrect a Jean Grey instead. So Dazzler wasn't put into that story, which explains a lot how this we how they did inside of integrate her with the Dark Phoenix storyline. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's why she's so jealous of Jean. It's because Jean stole her thunder secretly. Seriously. And that is a problem. She does have the character. She does get really like upset about that shit. Um, and also one little fun fact, uh, in char- in the Marvel Universe, characters who are big fans of hers that we know include Colossus, North Star, Molly Hayes, Shadowcat, Pixie, and then also Juggernaut, the Hulk, and the Rhino, which I think is amazing. That is amazing. 
I could totally see the juggernaut being his dazzler, by the way, because he's gay as shit. So <laughs> anyway, so into her actual character background, Alison Blair was born in Gardendale, New York. Her, her mutant powers manifested when she was a junior in high school. She volunteered to perform at her school dance when her powers manifested, but nobody thought anything of it because they thought they were technologically generated. Uh, she took the name Dallison, Dazzler, Dallison. She took the name Dazzler and set out to make a name for herself in the music industry and used her dancing and light powers to enhance her performances. During one of her shows, the X-Men are attending. They were attacked by the Hellfire Club. Angry that they interrupted her show, she attacked the Hellfire Club members. They never grabbed her. None of that shit ever mm-hmm. happened. That would have been more fun if they'd done it that way in the episode. But anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she unintentionally made one of the members catatonic. And then she aided the X-Men in finding Kitty Pride. Uh, and then at the end, the X-Men were like, you should join us. You're a mutant. But she kind of turned it down because she wanted to focus on her career instead. And she also has a long-standing feud with Rogue that went on for a long time, and they both had romantic interests in Warren when Rogue first joined the X-Men, which is a bunch of bullshit that nobody cares about. <laughs> so Dazzler hid herself as a mutant publicly and would still fight alongside superheroes, fighting villains. Right. Um, and including the Avengers, who would who asked her to join their team. So she, at that point, declined the X-Men and then the Avengers, so she keep on focusing on her career because she was still like a solo series and all that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dazzler moved to LA and vain to find her half-sister, Lois London. And while she was there, uh, she attempted careers in fitness training, dancing, modeling, and acting. So she's done it all. Uh, and then at, at one point, she was with somebody named Roman and they together kind of hated the anti-mutant sentiment and, you know, Allison was like, you know, what? I'm going to come out and tell everybody I'm a mutant, which is like a huge metaphor to being like, I'm a pop star. I'm also gay. It's yeah. also what Lady Gaga did, where it's like she says, it's like this is what I meant. But in this, it was like the 80s and it backfired and they were like, you're gay. So her entire career ended and it ruined her reputation, Oof. which is a really sad thing. But like, I get what she's doing. And like, that was a cool it's story a cool story to illustrate the thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Dazzler was forced into hiding. She joined Lila Cheney's band, who is the intergalactic, uh, crazy treasure hunter, guitar player. Yeah, yeah. Um, singer. Crazy. I fucking love her. I have her framed behind me. And the, actually, there was that guy who made that um, music video a couple yeah. years back. That music yeah, video this, is really fun. Yeah, and this is like straight up what he took it from. And while they were on tour together, the band's plane crashed and it led Dazzler and Lila to being saved by Cannibal and his brother Joshua at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, Dazzler is possessed by Malice. And when they encounter the X-Men, Dazzler is freed from the possession. And then after that, she becomes a member of the X-Men. So it was a really long time for her to join the X-Men because she originally wasn't designed to be an X-Men character, yeah. which I think explains a lot. And I think a lot of people don't know that. And I think, you know, people are always like, why is not Dazzler in a movie? They thought that she was going to show up in like so many of the movies by now, including um, well, she almost X-Men. showed up as like a cameo in uh, the most recent one, X Men Apocalypse, right? Yeah, yeah, Weren't yeah. They yeah. Be but like they looking thought, at a record cover for I Dazzler know, and record. some people thought it was going to be Taylor Swift or whatever. But honestly, reality is, I think I don't know if they had the have rights, the rights yeah. to her, and if they're still trying to make a movie happen. I don't know. We'll see what the MCU does. During her time with the X-Men, she learned how to control her powers even more and developed a romance with the extra-dimensional Launchot, which we've talked about in Launchot's launch crazy. Episode, yeah. Oh, my God. And we hear a little bit of that craziness again, but not to the extent that we did with Launchot. Uh, and she was also forced to work with Rogue, who was also in love with Launchot, because of course, but then <laughs> over time, Dazzle Rogue figured their fucking shit out. And then at the time that the X-Men entered the Siege Perilous, she lost her memory and washed up on a beach later and was found by her former bodyguard, 
Guido, also known as Strong Guy, uh, who also is in that music video, by the way. So all that is like pretty canon. And he nurses her back to health and she eventually remembers who she is when she encounters Lancha and remembers his love for him. But then she's re-devastated that her career is completely destroyed. Right. Yeah. So she goes with Lancha to another dimension to fight the Mojoverse and the rebellion against Mojo Jojo and his stupid fucking Mojo face. <laughs> so Dazzler eventually does return to Earth without Lancha and they say that she was at war for a long time and that she had a miscarriage and... You know, she joins Jean in fighting against Magneto, and Magneto thinks that he kills Dazzler at one point, but it turns out that at that point, Dazzler had learned how to create a hologram of herself, so she was very gem in the holograms at that point, too. Yeah. The X-Men asked Dazzler after that to rejoin them and help her heal, and she declined, and then that's when she went off and started another career in London in the trance genre and became hugely successful again, and that's pretty much where she kind of stayed in terms of what kind of music she was making is like techno and shit. And she was working with Excalibur for a little while, which was a 90s British-based X-Men team. Right. It's eventually, Dazzler is reunited with Longshot, who, again, now he has amnesia. Right. And he doesn't remember who he is. And we talked about <laughs> this and, like, how he fucking... If you don't know who I'm talking about, just go back in the episode, Mojo... Vision? Is it Mojo Vision? Yeah. Yeah, and that's where we do the highlight in Longshot. And that was honestly hilarious because Maddie and I were dying because Longshot gets... Because I did not realize he gets amnesia, like, 60 separate times. Oh, my God. It's, like, out of fucking control. But that doesn't work out because even though he, like, kind of remembers who he is, she can't put up with the fact that so many women are attracted to him and i was like okay but like you like have the same fucking issue dazzler whatever much much later like a decade later dazzler joined the x-men when they moved to san francisco and she spent a lot of time with her big fan pixie and she gets pixie drunk one night even though pixie's underage uh and during that time the sisterhood of mutants attack and you know she joins emma frost storm and karma and getting revenge against the sisterhood uh, and during that, she does injure Psylocke because Psylocke is possessed. But that's a whole fucking thing. You can go look it up. That's actually a great comic if you want to see a bunch of like girls be awesome. And during the schism storyline where Wolverine and Cyclops had their like canonical breakup, mm-hmm. Dazzler takes Cyclops' side and she gets to lead a street team of the X-Men. Which is like the closest they ever come to dating, I guess. But I guess. Uh, <laughs> so this is when we go into... Probably one of my very favorite comic book series of all time. Now, we talked about Extreme X-Men, the original run, and how I really enjoyed that. And a lot of people don't, but I did. Mm -hmm. There was another Extreme X-Men that dropped like five or six years ago that wasn't connected to any of that or the same writers. It was so fucking good. And if you haven't read this, Maddie, or anybody listening to this, I I definitely recommend going on Amazon and picking up the graphic novels because I think there's only two of them and they're like three bucks each. And basically, during this... She is summoned to Utopia by Cyclops and Danger to help with the ghost box. And when they open it, it's just all these different alternate realities where the X-Men are fighting evil versions of Professor Xavier because Professor Xavier is a piece of shit. So Dazzler gets sucked in through the portal, right? Where she jumps through dimensions with a talking Xavier head to kill all the Xaviers because they're all evil. And turning, and of course, the talking head one becomes evil too because, like, it's fucking, like, that's a fucking duh. But the people she teams up with is the best fucking X Men lineup you'll ever see, which includes. Uh, Emmeline Frost, which is a godlike version of Emma Frost, where she's an actual queen, uh, a kid Nightcrawler, uh, Black Cyclops. Uh, gay Wolverine and Hercules who are in a relationship together and then Tessa aka Sage who had been missing and gone into like you wow. know the, how have the, I not read this Ryan Pagella fan fiction how I is know. that even and, and then they like run into like another version of Dazzler who like is basically merged with Cable and that's the one I sent you a picture of and it's like it's so fucking good it's so fucking good and there's like the person who wrote it was just like she was like 
here's black cyclops deal with it wolverine's gay deal with it and she kept like it literally would say deal with it it was so fucking good and i highly recommend that series because they just did that dimension so hopping. is it just like a weird what if scenario with like all these other but it's real or no it's like, just other dimensions. other dimensions like it's all I it's see, all I other see. dimensions that is the version of dazzler and there's actually a third book that's not under the extreme x-men title and i forget which one it is but like you can probably look it up and that one kind of concludes and i think in that one everybody fucking dies which kind of sucks but whatever i'll find uh, it but also it's like one of those situations that it's like okay clearly the writers think that wolverine's bisexual because well, like some this, of them do this yeah, one for sure. does but uh going past all that uh later on shatterstar and richter we talked about this went into the mojo world and they were traveling back through time and they encountered dazzler who did give birth and it wasn't a miscarriage and then they had to wipe her memory because she gives birth to shatterstar even though shatterstar is also Longshot's dad right and like Right. Shatterstar's we dad is Longshot's. Long it's like it. I hate it's it. Like, I like I lo- I fucking love it. It's where Shatterstar reveals that he's both Longshot's dad and also his son, and Boo. so he, he's like, "We just have to not let them remember That's this." Like Which is fucking weird incest <laughs> time travel shit. I don't know. It's so stupid. Anyway, and so that explains how she gets amnesia. Um, after that, Maria Hill asks Dazzler, Dazzler to join S.H.I.E.L.D., which she accepts until Mystique takes her out and replaces her. And Magneto then later rescues Dazzler, which is ironic because Magneto back in the past had tried to kill Dazzler, which sounds about right for Magneto. Mm-hmm. And then also, Maddie, you need to pick up this series, which <laughs> happened after this. This is also the most Maddie Mary- Myers series, and this went on for a while. It was called A Force, in which it, fe- it oh, featured. Oh, I read some A Force actually. Oh my god, it's so good! It's it got Carol Danvers, yes. you know, Captain yeah, yeah, Marvel, yeah. leading a team with Dazzler and Medusa and She-Hulk, yes. Singularity, yep. Nico, and also another version of Dazzler from another di- another dimension that was Dazzler Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, I read and- some of these because I'll read anything with She-Hulk or Captain Marvel in it pretty much, and they yeah, were fun. Much. I don't super remember them anymore, but I remember thinking they were fun at the time. They, they were a lot of fun, and also... Um, it, th- that's a huge complicated story in line and i was just like i'm not gonna yeah. talk about this and just remember, go pick up the like, book even at the time i was like this is overlapping with a lot of stuff i don't know about but i'm just gonna read it anyway and just like go yeah, along yeah, for yeah. the ride but it was definitely like one of those weird marvel storylines kind of like this episode where i was like i feel like i'm missing some stuff here but yeah, i'm probably. just gonna read it anyway but sure yeah and then finally the last big thing she was involved with was inhumans and x-men versus x-men mm-hmm. which was a which terrible was a fucking story fucking thing oh my god recently. i hate when they do giant crossover because they're all fucking that bad. That one was rough. I feel like they were just really trying to capitalize on like the Inhuman stuff that got popular with Miss Marvel. Right, and but then all they like stuff, got rid of them. But, but they're like, okay, but then bye. they were like, well, what if we take all of the goodwill people feel about Miss Marvel and we just stomp on it like a lot with a bunch of crossover events that nobody wants? And oh, right, I know, and that's what it was like. It. It, but there was a great. The only good part about it is that Emma was like, we should fucking lead a rebellion against the the inhumans even though she this is where something i i don't we talked about this with. on the show too i think and you were talking and about probably. how you felt like emma's characterization in this version was like not good because no it wasn't but also she's like she lies to everybody saying that they killed cyclops even though that that wasn't the case but she was using it to drive them to actually fight back which it's like okay first of all that's bad writing for her but also secondly like is she really in the wrong for like trying to make the X-Men like not leave the planet and die? Yeah. Like by making them fight back. And the only way she could do it was be like, well, they to killed Cyclops. Like give them an emotional reason to fight. Yeah. And so I, it's like, and then since then she's been banned from the X-Men and it's like, 
Come on. I don't even think that she made like the wrong call there, but even though the writing was bad, whatever. But during that, uh, there was a great scene in Inhumans versus X-Men, I think number one or zero, even though the whole thing was terrible, where there was um, a dancer who was up at the Inhumans thing, and it was like an Inhuman dancer with a mask on, and it turned out to be Dazzler. Uh, and when Emma came in to talk to Black Bolt, and she was all like, our contract is over, we're officially declaring war on you. Black Bolt goes to scream at her and Dazzler jumps in the way and takes it and absorbs it. And like, basically like he doesn't kill Black Bolt, but like, oh, basically almost does. It was one of those moments that I was like, why haven't we had Dazzler face off with Black Bolt before? Because that seems like a really easy solution to their problems. But okay. <laughs> and that was the last major thing she was involved with. Uh, and just a couple other things is that she was playable in the X-Men arcade game, which we're obsessed with. And you can download, I, well, you could on the Sony PlayStation Network. I don't know if you can anymore. But at this point, that's a game that everyone played at every arcade in Chuck E. Cheese and Discovery Zone on the face of this planet. Wherever you may go, Dazzler was there in there. And also she's playable in the PC games that maddie and i are playing right now <laughs> well, uh we played yeah. one of them we, we played haven't played the second one yet the second one's a little bit better one game where she lights up rooms i don't even remember the name yep. oh murder World. and that's it and that's dazzler yeah i'm sorry that was a little lengthy i just really fucking like dazzler i have her first uh compilation of all her stories which by the way maddie if you want to borrow it sometime let me know <laughs> uh, <laughs> i could i think i have everything on my app you probably you probably do um what is that app maddie marvel unlimited which isn't a sponsor of this show but probably it may as be. well be i know <laughs> given the number of times we mention it uh so who's gay the Um, so your vote's on Dazzler, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. I feel like maybe Wolverine, actually. Like, that one scene is a lot. All right, there's a lot. Like, the, Dazzler, I thought the whole I episode no was pretty really. fucking gay. Like, but... like, Dazzler is technically not gay in this episode at all, so I can't really make that claim. So instead, right. it's just like Dazzler is, I don't even know what's going on. But uh, yeah, I guess I'll say Wolverine and, and Cyclops and Gambit because they have this like weird vibe where in a post-Gene world, all of them have just gone to each other for comfort. Not that Gambit necessarily needs no, it. No, Gambit, Gambit doesn't need to, but Gambit Gambit's is like... just capitalizing on how sad Wolverine and Cyclops and he, are. He's just like, you know what? If you just need me to suck your dick, I'm here for that as long as you suck mine. You know, it's yeah, all cool. Yeah, but also I'm not going to put up with your bullshit. Like, I'm only going to give also, you a like, steal he's, once. Okay, well, let's be real. He's not getting laid by rogue because he can't you know yeah exactly so like what is he supposed to do here you know like he's I he know. can flirt with rogue until the sun goes down but like something's gotta happen that night i thought that scene was so gay though it was just like it's like where's the cajun it's like yeah we know you're having a threesome we know it's like also the most friendly that we've seen logan and scoppy in like a while where like they're they're like playful with each other i know it's like gene died and scott's like i don't know what to do and Warren's like i'm here for you bub get in my bed and cyclops like 
okay you know so <laughs> yeah but like we don't really see that part because we're skipping ahead and even though i right. know they're gonna fill in those episodes later because they're not here right now we can sort of imagine what happened in the intervening time like because yeah. it's us so we can just be like yeah, it's our, well, our imagination all this time going has gone by so we're just imagining that logan and scott have found comfort we're in each Ron. other's we're arms Ron. and also in a cajun's arms from time to time and then suddenly gene is back and scott is dealing with like his weird emotions about yeah. that he's trying to pretend he He's still attracted to women. It's exactly. Not going the well. fr- I I learned what fan fiction was from a raunchy fan fiction where Gene had died and Cyclops is like I don't know what to do and Wolverine like fucked him. Yeah, so, you talked about that exact fan fiction on this show. You know what? It clearly had an impact on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because somebody asked us for our favorite fan fictions and those were. Some and of I was like Wolverine fucking Cyclops, and you're like, okay, calm down. <laughs> Uh, but that wasn't the only gay thing. I do like your interpretation of Dazzler being like this big butch gay gay yeah, lady. Yeah, but she keeps flirting with Scott, so I, I can't really go that far. But you with like it. you're also like not convinced that she's actually attracted to yeah, him. Yeah, like maybe that's her motivation is that she's desperately overcompensating for how gay she is, and that she like sees literally a man nearby and is like, oh boy, I she's gotta, like, oh finally I gotta, gotta put my like badge on that. Out. It's like, yeah. oh my god, weird. It's like Dazzler. No one believes that you want to have sex with this person. Yeah, nobody. No does uh okay also the entire hellfire club is gay yeah they're all gay god how can i forget them they are all gay <laughs> like they're Shit. all role-playing and being gay together and the only person With who's not fucking them emma is Frost. emma i know they're just like oh i'll respect the queen our queen emma and she's like bow down to me and now you know okay but also sebastian shaw definitely was like i'm gonna fuck you later pierce for fucking this up like <laughs> But like, it's, there's gonna be no rules. It's gonna be my way, and you're gonna be sucking my dick. You and know? Pierce is like, I'm so disappointed by that. I definitely I didn't know. intentionally break all of your stuff in order to cause this to happen. <laughs> they have some sort of weird role play with okay, this fucking also, secret society. What's his fa- face? Um, Leland. Harry. Yeah, Harry Leland. He's also like having that moment where Pierce is like, ah, and he's like, I'm gonna make it so you never raise a hand to me again, bitch. And he's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> It's like I don't know. I I feel like Leland is just like I don't want to participate in this weird thing. That's why he never gets to be in any of the movies because he's not willing to like play along with their entire role play. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so by the way, the Hellfire Club did appear in X Men First Class, but it was like a shitty, it was weird, a really version. weird version, and also it was like outside of time because it was like wrong time period. You oh know? god, and it was like Emma was there, but it was but January she was there Jones, like 40 and she was years like ago for some yeah, reason. Yeah, it was like fucking weird, and she wasn't like her character wasn't even very good, and Sebastian. Shaw was there and he kind of was good because it was he was um, kind of cool I remember mostly just being weirded out that they like chose to put the Hellfire Club into the wrong time period yeah, also like this is a weird other version where Kevin Bacon is Sebastian Shaw and like a charming sexier version that's I mean Sebastian Shaw is supposed to be kind of sexy but like not Kevin Bacon level yeah. also they didn't have any other Hellfire Club members there except for Riptide who's a marauder and not a Hellfire Club member yeah, yeah. so didn't they have and that? And Azazel, Azazel, yeah, Azazel was there. was there, yeah. That was all fucking weird, right? I mean, yes, that movie's very weird, but people love First Class, so I feel like it's going to be weird for us to rewatch it. And like, I mean, like, I enjoy watching it more I than I watch. I liking it at the time, but I haven't seen it since then. No, so. I've seen it since then, and I've been like, it's not bad. It's like, I mean, it doesn't make any sense, and I think <laughs> you're... Si- okay, when we went like to see it... at in- the time, I was like, I don't think this makes any sense, but people liked it, so I was like, all right, that's fine. It's got fun no, fight scenes. Okay, yeah, exactly. It is a fun movie movie even though it's not 
correct to anything with the x-men whatsoever which but, doesn't really matter no i mean but, i guess it doesn't at that point because the x-men films are so fucking far off anyway i we actually saw that movie all together and your sister was there and before we walked in she was the one that told me she's like i've heard that this is basically a james bond movie with superpowers but not to think about it the x-men and if you think about it that way you'll really enjoy this movie and she wasn't wrong yeah so yeah you know. I, I think that's fair i mean anyway i guess i'll think about that, that when we when we get to it again on this show um, um so what do we rate this expo- episode because episode episode i really enjoy it i think it's fun i think it's really I'll, i'm gonna give it a five out of five honestly which really? sounds like crazy yeah <laughs> i think i do i really enjoyed it are you gonna give it a, like a two no i'm gonna give it a four i don't i don't think i enjoyed it i mean i did enjoy it a lot i i'm gonna give it a four i i okay, guess that's it's, fair. it's only because i'm i'm kind of disappointed about the jeans stuff but that, that's fair that's but that fair but doesn't I, necessarily mean that i'm not still gonna like where the storyline's going it's just that i don't even fucking remember i think the, i think what i like about it is that a all the dialogue is very good it's true um, i think they did a really good job of trying to compact a lot of different x-men decades in there in one go which is that is hard and sometimes they can do it and sometimes they can't um, in this situation, I think they did a much better job of that. And I really enjoyed all the spooky, dark Phoenix stuff and how yeah, they animated I did it. Too. I liked all the musical stuff. I didn't like Dazzler. I thought that was stupid. See, that's another reason why I'm like, I can't give this a perfect five because Dazzler's you know so You're right. weird I mean, in this. Okay, just because of that, I'm going to drop it down to like a four out of five or like, yeah. Yeah, four is good because it's a really strong episode. Other, There's just right. a couple weird problems with it that I just right, wish right, were slightly right. different. I mean, you're right. You're right. It's not up there with like Slave Island, which I fucking love. Like that is such a good episode. Or that super fun Evil Xavier app, which was still like one of the greatest. I think we gave that a five out of five. Even it was though it's good. fucking bonkers. Well, it was still good. That's not what the rating is for. The rating is for if it's a good episode. No, it's it true. It's true. This was too, though. I liked this one. I think the Phoenix Saga is going to continue to be interesting. So I'm psyched about that. And I'm glad Me we're too. like back to it. And we're going to watch more Gene lighting men on fire. Hopefully. And also we get Emma Frost and I know, she's our and fucking she queen. So thank awesome, God. And like, this is like the beginning of me understanding who emma frost was watching these episodes and being like oh this is interesting maybe i'll like check this out and stuff so that's cool to see again as an adult right uh reader mail do we have any nope well you know what people should be sending us reader mail because we love you guys and if you want to send us reader mail you can at the mutant ages at gmail.com and you can tell us what you think about emma and whether you think gene should crush men's necks with a stiletto heel or not and also whether you think dazzler's gay and she probably should she yeah i mean you're gonna say yes to all those questions but you know you can just send us just about anything and we'll read it on the show or ask us questions or whatever and that's fun i don't know uh <laughs> plugs um you we should have you a should. youtube channel which we talked yes. about very briefly because we have movies about the x-men that we made when we were teenagers on there but, but we've also got we have stuff. The Mutant Ages stuff that we put up there, which is including our Let's Plays, which has got like right now we're posting up Wolverine and uh, yeah, for the NES uh, and we did X-Men mm-hmm. for the NES, uh, NES and we recently shot us playing one of the Tiger handheld games and we played one of the PC games. We did a fan game, and yeah, then after that, a fan made a game, and we played that. And it's super yeah, we're just fun. we're going through everything. We're ex- we're experiencing every form of the X Men ever and enjoying uh, every last second of it. Yeah, so. and so the let's plays you can watch us either make fun of some of the bad X Men games or really enjoy some of the the cool stuff that we've seen, and it's fun. So you should definitely check those out. They're really short and digestible, and it's not like these huge sprawling let's plays. It's not like that. It's just little nope. videos. 
edited together and, and most importantly, if you go, oh my God, I can't believe I almost didn't say this, but we're going to be posting a video in a couple of weeks, which oh. uh, you could be listening to this. Oh my if you're, God. If you're, okay, so first of all, okay, you may okay, be listening to this in the future. I don't say what it is, though. I'm not. Let me say, let me okay. say something. Brian, don't okay. say it. So, okay. So this could be in the future. And at this point, it's in the past for you. But if you're listening to it before the holidays what of 2018. Days of future past of this YouTube video. Yes, yes. So you're I'm cable. Just saying, you're saying, traveling backwards in you, time. Well, okay. If you go back and listen to this episode, <laughs> it's not december of 2018 anymore it's now an old video but i'm saying that right now if you're listening to it right now oh before the holidays God, of 2018 you're like over explaining the okay hell out you know it's fine there's a reason. video coming out that's holiday themed and it's super awkward and it involves making snacks that's all you need to know and scott and gene are there goodbye i don't know why you said like what time period the video is coming out like 60 different ways but that you know was what really you funny. can find me on twitter at ryan pagella <laughs> Okay, I'm at Mitty Myers, and also we have a Twitter account for the show, which is The Mutant Ages, and we post what? fun stuff like <laughs> pages from the comic that reminds us of each other or other silly things, and just uh, review us on iTunes, cool please. Oh yeah, we have. Please do review us on iTunes. It's how people find the show. And if you're too shy to write a review, then maybe you could just share an episode of the show on your Facebook or personal social media, or tell your friends about it. And yep. then that's how people will find the show. Thank you. Also, we have a Patreon. Yes. If you want to tip us or get cool rewards like bonus audio and video content and like behind the scenes bloopers, blah, blah, for all the silly videos that we make or just me and Ryan being idiots, it's pretty fun. So you should check that out too. It's definitely worth it. It is. Okay, we did it. Those are all the plugs. I'm sending you messages, Maddie, of these things. Ryan, we're talking to each other right now. I know. I'm sending you links to the Extreme X-Men thing so you know what to look for on Marvel Unlimited. Okay, thank you. I'm here to help you because it's important that you read about Dazzler and Gay Logan. Okay, I agree, actually. Anyway, that's all, folks. We'll see you next time. That's all, folks. See you next time. I didn't scream about Wolverine this time. You should be proud. Well, you still could. I mean, what if Wolverine thinks you don't like him anymore? Wolverine knows I like him. He's just traveling right now for work. No, <laughs> he's he's out busy recycling right now, Maddie. Okay, you're right. Follow us at atomicblueproductions.com or support us at patreon.com/atomicblueproductions.